You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. All right, so um, she told you a little bit about who we are. Um, this is Stephen, and I'm Tammy. Um, we do, we, my husband pastors the Detroit Northwest Church, and um, we are in the District 12 area that is in the metro Detroit area, which is by the best area, okay? <laughs> Amen, hallelujah. <laughs> and um, we've been there for about um, a little over 15 years. And, uh, but we've been married for 20 years. I love you. Oh my goodness. He saved our life a few years ago. We'll talk about it later. No worries. Um, but we've been married for um, t- a little over 20 years. And that is truly a miracle by the grace of God. Um, not only because, you know, marriage is hard, right? But, and, and we both love the Lord. And when we married, we love the Lord. But loving the Lord isn't all you need. Amen. It's okay to admit that, folks. It's all right. Um, It takes a lot uh, to make a marriage work. And uh, we also came into our marriage with baggage. Anybody had baggage? Like, it could be nice baggage, name brand baggage, but it was baggage. The truth is, I didn't really have much baggage. Oh, don't believe. (laughs) Yeah, he had. Everything I own could be fit into one vehicle. Yes. She brought the baggage. I did. I had cute baggage, and he had a dysfunctional vehicle. Either way you want to put it, okay? Okay. And, um, but as I said, we came in that and, uh, and there were a lot of things in our trunks or our baggage that we weren't even aware of guys. Right. Um, there were things that we both, uh, grew up in, you know, um, we talked to couples a lot about culture. And when we think about the word culture, we often think about this, right? Let's just be honest. We can be honest, tell the truth, shame the devil. But culture goes beyond this. Um, me and my husband, though we share the same color skin, we came from two different cultures. The homes we grew up in were different, right? He grew up in, what type of home did you grow up in? A perfect home. Oh, please. <laughs> Let him tell it, okay? Um, a perfectly dysfunctional home. And, um, and my home was also dysfunctional as well. Um, I... Uh, my father and my mother uh, married when my mom was eight months pregnant with me. Uh, my mom had two children prior as well, and they divorced when I was around nine years old. My father was a generational alcoholic, a generational alcoholic, okay? So that means that his father, his father, and his father, and Lord only knows how many before that, right? So I was kind of set up for that in my genes. Uh, my mother was also the product or uh, from a family of alcoholics. Her father was alcoholic. His father was alcoholic. So marrying my um, dad was kind of normal for my mom, okay? Um, with that came some abuse, and those were things that I watched growing up in my home. I heard uh, certain types of speech <laughs> and language, and, um, and you can only imagine what those type of things did, as well as I experienced abuse, whether it was sexual abuse or physical abuse. So my baggage was pretty deep and pretty wide. And like I said, my home was perfect. <laughs> We had all of the Spirit of Prophecy books in it. That's right. And, um, you know, we were a Seventh-day Adventist family. Yep. We went to church on the Sabbath. And, uh, you know, we were all preparing for translation. Amen. And, um, uh, but, but in, in reality, despite all of the red books, um, yeah. blue books, and every other color books, and in spite of the fact that we were going to church, we were, I came from a blended family. Yeah. 
And there were a lot of challenges, as you can imagine, that, uh, that were there as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And um, not only that, I had a, one of my parents was hypercritical. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I picked up on and I've carried with me and I've had to battle against. But I thought I was ready for translation and I thought I was on my way. And then I, I got married. And this funny, this funny thing happened when I got married. All of these problems that I never knew I had just started to... I don't know where that came from. It just popped up. And so, Mm-mm. you know, in my prayer time, because again, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing for translation. In my prayer time, I'm like, Father in heaven, thank you for revealing what the problem is. And I open one eye and look towards my wife. <laughs> It's her. (laughs) And Lord, I will help you to fix her. (laughs) Thank you for calling me to this high and holy purpose. (laughs) You know, uh, but really, maybe maybe you don't you don't come to that conclusion in your prayer life. But at some point in your marriage, no matter how many uh, seminars you've been to, how much pre-marriage preparation you've had, at some point, all of us, to a greater or lesser extent, just want the other person to change, right? Yeah. It's like, man, if, if they could only, if they would only do this, then everything would be okay. Yeah. And so um, you have two people with baggage, as every marriage has two people with baggages, and uh, my wife mentioned, and, and I was telling you how perfect my home was, um, the crazy thing about marriage is you're bringing together two people who have, as she mentioned, cultures or ways of doing things, mm-hmm. right? Now, we're merging our ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Whose home had the better way of doing things? Mine. The one that you're used to, <laughs> right? And so what we tend to want to do is impose the way that we were brought up doing things, the way our family functioned. Mm-hmm. Um, even if our family was dysfunctional, we want to take the best elements of our family and bring those in and impose them on our new family. And so there's a, that's, that's one of the areas of conflict where conflict can arise. Or what we think was the best. That no, it up. was the best. Mm-hmm. It was the best. Okay, so here we go. So we are going to present from a little bit of a different perspective. We have uh, a lot of different ways that we could talk about um, conflict resolution and communication, but we're going to um, come from a little bit of a different uh, mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it doesn't, um, uh, it doesn't, you know, it, it's not repeated. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, this one says, and this is um, a part of a presentation, but anyway, you don't need to know all that. <laughs> Understanding and surrendering our baggage and accepting God's chiseling work in our lives produces authentic relationship with Christ and those around us. Mm. Okay, let me just press pause right there. And let me read that statement again, because I want, I want you to tell me what you think that means. Mm-hmm. Understanding and surrendering our baggage and accepting God's challenging or chiseling work in our lives 
produces authentic relationship with Christ and those around us. So what is that saying to us is the catalyst for a healthy and authentic relationship with the people in our lives. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Surrendering to God, surrendering self. Mm -hmm. So so let me get this. Let me get this straight. Mm -hmm. The catalyst for a healthy, authentic relationship with my wife is not my wife becoming a better person. Well. It would hurt. (laughs) Tell the truth. Listen, tell the truth and shame the devil, as they say. All right. I like it. I like it. He's like, wouldn't it hurt? (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Tell the truth, my brother. Tell the truth. But. Say, however. However. (laughs) But however, the catalyst always begins Mm. with me. Mm. Now, why is that such an important principle for us to begin with? What should every person that's in a marriage or in any relationship for that matter, what should every person that's married understand? This is a people principle. Mm. You can't. Yes, you can't change the other person, but we just keep trying. trying. <laughs> Go ahead. No, and it is, this is, I think this is one of the most fundamental human struggles of life. We want to fix everyone around us, don't we? Mm. Even as children, you ever notice that, right? We, <laughs> we watch it. It's the girls, though. Oh, Let's tell the it. truth. Well, yeah. But y'all know I'm picking well, we're with good y'all, at fixing people, so. My daughters, my daughters, <laughs> they want to they wanna fix their brothers. Yes. They want to protect their brothers, even though their brothers are older than Bigger them. Bigger and strong. Right? right, right. Oh, it's such fascinating yes. dynamics. Yes. Right? But it's not Lord change her, mm. but it's Lord change me. me. It's not a magic event. It's not a process where God gets. No, it's not a magic event. It's a process where God gets to the root of the self or the sin problem in our lives, mm-hmm. rooting out our fears and replacing them with his divine love. So, Lord, change me. Mm. And in the process, let the byproduct of my transformation be transformation in my wife. But I'm not preoccupied with that. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you what we do. Man, we are the best accountants in the world. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Now, we may be horrible with real money, but when it comes to keeping tabs <laughs> on, uh, you know, you hit me, I hit you, you know, you were wrong, you were selfish, I'm going to be selfish. When you, you know, did it, the date you did it, right, the time you did it. Yeah. Right. So we'll start, okay, Lord, I'm going to be the greatest husband in the world and I'm going to do all of this stuff, right? And so I start doing all of this stuff that's going to make me the greatest husband in the world. And then my wife doesn't respond the way I planned that she would. Hmm. Ever been there? Even though I was only doing it for a full two hours. (laughs) And I'm like, Lord, it's it's like she hasn't seen anything I've done. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, because all the stuff you've been doing for the previous 20 years Mm. and and 22 hours has overshadowed the last two. You know what I'm saying? And if we don't get what we want from our spouse because we're keeping tabs, 
We'll give up doing something or a particular behavior, even though we know that it's right. Because it's not fixing them. Mm -hmm. Now, this this principle is extremely important because understanding the battle can help win the war. Mm -hmm. If we understand that our greatest battle is not with our spouse, but with ourselves, it brings Tremendous, tremendous possibilities. Can you read that? Um, In the process of change, there is something that we uh, learned many years ago, right? And I actually got this um, imagery from my mother-in-law who uh, used to work in the community and work with young people in, in addiction and things of that nature. But she used to have young people put on these goggles, right? And it kind of would display or help them to understand what it's like, what it would be like to be um, impaired, when you are drinking or when you're drunk or when you're high, right? You put these glasses on and you can't see properly, okay? Um, But this is kind of along in those same veins. It says, when I get glasses for the first time, this is an opposite effect. There are some of us who are walking around um, with skewed vision, vision that we were given from the household we grew up in, vision from the experiences that we have as we are growing up and maturing as men and women, and we are walking around with, these, with this bad vision. And it's not until we get our vision corrected that we are actually able to rightly not only see ourselves, but also see the people around us, right? So this is where this principle is important. Change the way that we see. Until I'm able to surrender. First of all, you got to admit you got a seeing problem. You know anybody who just hate it? Who hate admitting that they can't, they, they just need glasses? Anybody? Yeah, oh, okay, okay. hey. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Or people with hearing aids who don't like to wear them. There you go. Okay. Right. And so, you know, and you're you're scared to get in the car with the person because you're just like, Jesus, please keep me to the cross. They can't see. I've been telling them for 10 years they can't see. And if I get in this car, they're going to crash. It's a real thing. Right. But it is important to first admit that you have the issue of vision. Okay. Then it says here, I saw this way for years. This is an excuse sometimes that we use. This is how I've done things. This is the way that I've lived my life for years. Why do I need to change? Why, what's wrong with the way that I see things, okay? And then it continues to progress, and it says this, I got accustomed to bad vision. You ever get, get comfortable with dysfunction? Did you know that was possible? that you can get so comfortable with the dysfunction that when you're presented with a better way, you would rather stay in the dysfunction than take the risk of change. Mm. It's a real thing. Then... Wait, 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 wait. You can't can't roll over there. (laughs) Why? Because it sounds foolish Mm. to know that you need to do things a different way and yet continue to embrace a broken or dysfunctional way. Mm -hmm. What is it that makes that so difficult? There are a couple of things. One would be sheer fear of change, right? When I don't know what the prospects are going to be on the other side, at least I know what to expect from this crazy situation, right? Mm-hmm. At least I know. More, di- more dysfunction. Yeah, more dysfunction. And I can't help it. I'm just used to it. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? There are other things. That, um, it, it hurts to change. Is that true? Is it painful? Right. You ever had, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody here has experienced it when you've been sick or maybe there's a limb or something that's just killing you. Right. It's infected. And the doctors say, man, we got to cut that off. And you're just like, man, but if I cut that off, 
How am I going to walk, right? Well, you haven't really been walking anyway. Well, yeah, I know, but, <laughs> right? So it's mm. killing you, and you're scared of letting it go. So it's painful. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking as I was listening to you, another one is, and quite frankly, this is why I believe, why we believe that God is so important in this process. Many of us have actually tried to change before, mm. and we failed. Yeah. And so the prospect of more failure mm. is not a good prospect. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's not that we don't want to change, but we don't believe that we're capable of change. Mm. And as a result, we become hopeless and we give up. Hopelessness is a killer for, for marriage. And I think this isn't something that we can skip over because we're into telling the truth right here. And one of the things that we feel very firmly about is in order for change to happen, you have to be willing to tell the truth and be transparent. Marriage is hard, even within the seven-day Adventist church as a Christian. You can have all scripture, you can have all the spirit of prophecy, and maybe even some books that somebody told you they found that weren't even there. I don't know. Pray about that. Talk to somebody, okay? But um, it is still one of the hardest things that you will do in your life. And it is important to be able to admit what he just talked about, which is there are times our spouses really, really are trying to change. Believe it or not, it's not coming at the pace we want it. It's not coming at the way we want it. It doesn't sound the way we think it should sound. And yet they're really trying to change. And it's frustrating. And I don't know if you've been that spouse that your, 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 other, your spouse is looking at you and saying, man, you're, you're just never going to change. But you and your mind are like, man, they don't understand the battle. I've really been trying. And it's a hard, it's a hard process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So next you got here that the, um, the bad vision is exposed when you go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. All right. So you see what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And then um, they give you a prescription, glasses, which represents a new way to see clearly. But mm. you may go home with that prescription. The glasses may come in the mail or you may pick them up from the optometrist, but you still have to make a decision to do what? Yes. It, I mean, it's simple, right? It's not <laughs> a long distance, right, from here to here, but it's still a choice and a decision yeah. that needs to be made. So, um, if we understand the concepts that we've talked about first being that, you know, the, the first person that needs to change is me. Yeah. And if we understand that um, it's a, a constant choice that needs to be made, then this helps us mm -hmm. when we come to the way or when we come to the um, various conflicts mm -hmm. in our marriages. Can you read this for us? Maybe? Yes. Yes. This is powerful. We are interpreters. If I have a core fear, and we're going to explain that to you in a minute, then everything that happens to me now becomes interpreted based on that fear, not reality. When we come to Christ... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Press pause right there. Yes. So, oh, let's, 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 let's open up this thing about uh, being interpreters. Yeah. So, um, normally what we would do in a, in a setting like this is we would have couples mm -hmm. to... In fact, I'm going to ask you to do this right now. <laughs> I want you to think of one word that describes your spouse. Just one. Just one word. And this is it's not all-encompassing. It's not absolute. But it describes a, a, a profound uh, a characteristic or trait yeah. of your spouse. Now, each one of you, you, you do this, right? 
And so then what we do is we have each of uh, the individuals to write that down and then put it on the other person's forehead. Put it on the other person's forehead and begin to communicate. So here's the, here's the thing. Whatever she says, I'm seeing it through the lens of the way I, per, of, of my perception of her. Mm-hmm. So if I have up here, you know, uh, if her major characteristic is, you know, uh, she is, let me think of a good one. Think of a good one. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me think of a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so hard. It's so many. Let me see here. So many good ones. If I were to think of her, her major characteristic as, um, smart. No, no, not patient. Let's okay. use a better one. Okay. More realistic. Um, let's say that her, let's say her major characteristic is complaining. Okay. Okay. Complaining. This is only for, you know, illustrative purposes. purposes. This is not reality. So let's say that her main characteristic is complaining mm-hmm. and she comes to me with a serious problem. Yes. Am I going to be tuned into her the way I need to if this label, because this is just her, this is what she does. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm now interpreting everything that she brings to me through this lens. So when when we make that statement that we are interpreters, Mm -hmm. we are, and we're, we're talking about conflict resolution, many conflicts arise from our misinterpretation mm. or our neglect of interpreting, you know, at all, mm-hmm. right? So, interpreter. So, think about think about the word that you chose for your for your spouse. And mm-hmm. I wonder. In fact, why don't you do that if you're here with your spouse? Why don't you share with them the word that you chose for them? Or actually, no, 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 no don't do that. If you're here with your spouse, <laughs> no, like, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it more fun. <laughs> if you're here with your spouse. Ask your spouse to guess uh-huh. the word that they chose to describe you. And now, this is not a total. I'm sure yeah. we, we would give you maybe five, seven, or eight words, or yeah. there's a variety of things. But just ask, if you're here with your spouse, ask them to guess the word that you chose to describe them. Come on, come on. Now listen, y'all better go out of here being friends, okay? <laughs> the looks on your face. And then, then what I want to ask you, what we want to ask you is this. How many of you guessed correctly? Let me see your hands. If you guessed correctly. So one, two, two three. I saw three. Four hands. (laughs) So, you know, all the couples in here, and we got about three or four that guessed correctly. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, again, I mean, we could go for miles with this thing, Mm -hmm. but we see ourselves quite differently than the people who live with us Mm -hmm. see us. Mm -hmm. We think they see us a certain way. And again, this wasn't exhaustive. If uh, we were in another, if we had more time, we would, you know, play that out in a variety of other ways. But it just goes to demonstrate that sometimes, uh, not even sometimes, that most times, we're not really thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, the same. 
essentially. Mm -hmm. All right. So we are interpreters. If we have a core fear, then everything that happens to us now becomes interpreted based on that fear, not reality. Not reality. Okay. When we come to Christ, our lives don't all of a sudden become free of trials and temptation. But he removes the glasses which we see life through, and now he gives us a new way to interpret those things. Scripture now corrects my vision and my ears. I do not want to skip over this very important thing, mm. though. You heard us talk about core fears, right? Core fears are very important in all relationships. And this is not just with marriage. You're going to find this with your children, your neighbors, your coworkers, or whoever. Everybody has a core fear. Core fear means that there are these things that are at the core of who we are that shape um, what we feel about ourselves. When people speak to us or try to correct us or say something to us, how we actually see and receive it. And it oftentimes can distort the truth. We often say one of the things... That core, one of the major core fears that people have um, is rejection, right? We'll use one of those, okay? And rejection is a huge thing for humanity, for people, period. And when that button is pushed in someone's life, how people respond, and it varies from person to person, can jack up a relationship. It has been known to destroy many relationships. Yeah, so we, we like to use ourselves. Like, one of my core fears is rejection. Yes. And so... Uh, along with having a, a, a core fear of rejection, I'm also a person who uh, craves physical touch. Mm -hmm. It's one of my love languages, right? Yes. And, um, you know, so here I am, person who has uh, a core fear of rejection, that's mm -hmm. one of them, and who craves, you know, uh, touch mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. And I'm married to a woman who... I, one, of, one of my core fears is the fear of abandonment. And then remember I told you all earlier, right, that not only is abandonment one of my issues, and that comes from childhood, right, but also um, one of my, um, I don't know what you want to call it, one of my ways of dealing with things is I'm not a real, it's so weird, and I know many of you are going to look at this and say, really? But I'm just going to throw it out there. Physical touch. I know. Those who know me are kind of like, huh? Because I'm a hugger. I love hugging. Like, I love to hug people. Oh, um, let's tell the truth now. <laughs> Shame I do. I love hugging. It's like a superpower to me, right? Because I feel like it's... So, so, so. Let me interrupt. Yeah, so yeah. you would think... You would think. That mm -hmm. my need for affirming touch... Yeah. Would be, you know, just overwhelmingly met by yeah. this woman who loves to hug. Yeah. Everybody except her husband. <laughs> No. Now listen. I told you we're telling the truth now. Come on. Tell now. the truth, shame the devil. However, though, you remember what I told you from the very beginning, my background, right? So sexual abuse is a thing. And when you've been sexually abused, um, you tend to interpret certain types of touch in a certain way. Right? So here we are. We're being real here, talking about what happens. And we're going to talk about this later, about the self-talk thing, right? But what happens is I have to fight against the thought of every time my husband touches me that it is in a sexual way. It's not. And, and even if it is in a sexual way, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But these are the baggages that we bring with us into our relationship. So here we go. No, 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 Come no. On. Here we go. Ooh, I like this. I like this. So, 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 so it is, you know, it's nighttime. The kids are asleep. Yes, you thank know, you. I made dinner. You yeah. know how you, you know. I, okay. I made dinner. I helped to clean up. You know, because I'm so loving, Listen. right? You know, because I was looking forward to this time of the evening, right? And so now here we are, and I'm, you know, laying here, and I'm like, oh, sweetie, 
Wouldn't it be wonderful if we just spent a little time together? Oh, we are together. Well, that's not what I mean. (laughs) So here we are, and then guess what happens? She does this. I'm tired. None of the brothers are saying amen because they know they got it, you know. But, but they know what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. Oh, honey, I'm so tired. You're like, man, you always tired. You know, or, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not an evening person. I'm not a morning person. Now, I told you one of my core fears is what? Yeah. So, and we talked about us being interpreters, right? Mm-hmm. So now I am interpreting. I haven't said a word. Or maybe she has said words, well, yeah. but I'm interpreting those yeah. words, yeah. not according to what's going on in her mind, mm-hmm. but according to what's going on where? In my mind. Yeah. You see, this is what I already feel about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be rejected. Mm-hmm. People are not going to appreciate me. People are not going to want me. Or I'm and not so loved. I'm not loved. And because I'm fighting that, mm-hmm. I'm now interpreting my wife's behaviors based on my core fears. But she may actually be tired. She's just tired. It's a fact. It's a fact. Now, this might be the 20th day in a row she's tired. <laughs> Listen, moms, no. Okay. Now, 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 let me tell you, let me tell you, see, when we're interpreters, yeah. we, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, that, and it's not just in this nope. situation, but it's in a variety of situations we can play this thing out. Yeah. Because I told you that we're wonderful accountants, right? That's how I know for the last 20 days she's been tired. Because <laughs> I've been counting. Come on now, ladies, I'm not going to tell you to say amen too loud to when your husband tells you how many days it's been. <laughs> Come on. Brother's been watching. You know what I'm saying? It's quite keeping, interesting. Keeping tabs, right? So when we're when we're interpreters and when we're trackers, yeah. we. But again, what's driving this? Yeah. Is it reality? Mm. No. It's what we are interpreting reality to be. Yeah. And many times, and we would normally go more into this. Many times, it's our fears mm-hmm. that are driving the way that we interpret the actions, the words, and yes. so forth of, of our spouses. Yes. So quickly, we get into this dance, right? So when your core fear button is touched, you get into this dance. Many of you thought you didn't dance as Adventists, right? But you actually do, okay? And so you get into this dance, and we're dancing. And what the dance looks like is we start pushing each other's buttons, okay? So now that he feels rejected because I didn't want to be intimate, and I turn around because I really am tired, but he's telling himself that it's something else, right? Then he starts to behave in a certain way. He goes that way. Um, well, I told you what my fear was. What was my core fear? Abandonment. So what will happen? So what I will do, because I'm preparing for translation, <laughs> the saintly way of getting even. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what I will do is I will, and this is horrible. <laughs> this is a horrible thing for relationships. Yes. Um, is I withdraw. Yeah. Yeah. I need time away from you mm-hmm. to process your rejection of me. Mm-hmm. I don't say that. Right. But that's how I behave. So when he does this, what that says to me, not because he said it, but because it's what I think up here, right? Is, does he love me? Is he going to come back? He'll even go to the store or something, right? And you know, Sam's Club, <laughs> Super Walmart, you know, just walking around, not doing anything. And guess what? Guess what I'm waiting for? 
Man, my texting game is on point, I'm telling you. And I'm like, aha, now I want you to feel <laughs> how I've been feeling all yes. this time. I'm not going to answer. Woo! Now listen, now listen, I don't, I do, I do not, this does not, this literally, mm. well, mm-hmm. no, Lord, Tell the truth me. and shame yeah. the death. come on. It has literally <laughs> crossed my mind before. But generally, I'm, you know, engaged in whatever it is that I'm engaged At in. At Sam's Club. Right? And so... Now, I'm like, okay, this is my time away, my time to get myself right, mm-hmm. and, and, and I've withdrawn, but when I come home, my mind is right, and I really am in saint mode now. The spirit and done failed. And now I want to explain to her, <laughs> hey, listen, you know, this was, this was more about me, I'm sorry, this, that, and the other. And when I come, when I come home now, hey, Tamara, hey, you know, let's talk. Child, I gotta go wash the dishes. I gotta go to the store. I gotta go. I ain't got time for that. I gotta go. Okay. I don't already plan my stuff. And see, what happens is, what I do is, I go to the extreme. See, this is why you need God. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the truth of God's word. And we're gonna talk about this, right? Because if you don't have God's word, your thoughts will take you down into a pit of despair full Ooh, of lies. Mercy. Okay. And so, what I begin to do is, we begin this dance. So I reject Him again, right? And then here I am telling myself, like, you know what? Uh, you know, maybe He'll leave. Maybe He'll do all these really erroneous thoughts, right? You go to this extremity. Oh yeah, I want to drop this one on too. Mm -hmm. So at one point, I would travel a lot for speaking. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, this rejection thing is crazy. So I would be coming into the airport and, you know, know, Hallmark, whatever. I would see people, people's families picking them up, people jumping out of the car and running and hugging (laughs) like they haven't seen each other. And I'm like, yeah, I've been gone for like a week and a half or, you know, I've been gone for two weeks. And I'm like, man, she's just going to be so excited. Ever. Well, no, I'm not going to say it. See, no, that's wrong. I shouldn't use, you know, absolute words that's like right. every time. Most of the time, <laughs> most of the time that she would come to pick me up, she would be late. Well, see. <clears throat> now, 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 she has my itinerary. She knows I'm coming in. I do. But again, now we're talking about interpreters, right? Yeah. I don't know what's going on at home. That's right. I don't know what's been, you know, what's been cooking or this, that, and the other, what's going on with the children. But now at this point, I need, I need her to be there because it communicates to me that she misses me, that she loves me. Yeah. When I'm inhaling cigarette smoke waiting outside and toxic car fumes <laughs> and everybody else has their hallmark moment <laughs> He's until like, there's no one left but me at the airport. That is really bad. I'm so sorry. I'm sitting there like, you know, I went from expectant to... <laughs> to <laughs> next thing you know, I'm just laying out like... Lord, should I call a taxi? I don't know. And then I come and he's like laid out on a bench with his suitcase on his chest. Right. Like, it's so sad. I'm and so, so my, sorry. And then she'll roll up and, uh, you know, <laughs> boom, like, like she's on time. And I'm like, <laughs> now, again, I've interpreted all of these things. Yeah. Don't know. She could have had a flat tire, whatever the case may be. Now I come and I'm like, hey, I get in and she's like, hey, how you doing? How am I doing? <laughs> And he smell like smoke, like it's just... Uh. Uh, and and I, I've been on a 15-hour flight or changing flights or whatever the case may be. <laughs> and I'm like, man. So, 
crazy, this interpreter's thing. Yeah. And little things that are not, and this is another thing that I'm, I'm trying to emphasize here. Yeah. We're trying to emphasize little things that are not intentional yeah. can be interpreted with grave consequences. Yeah. Right? And see, here's what we do. Unfortunately, what we don't do. What we don't do is we tend not to ask yes. for what we want or need. Yeah. Now stop. Stop right there. The silence should get you because the truth is very few of us have been taught that it's actually okay to ask for what you want. It's the truth, especially as good Christians, right? You just, oh, whatever you like, you know. No, right? It's okay to ask for what you want, yea, even what you need, because how will they know any other way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well, the way that they, the way we believe they will know is that you should already know. Ooh. If you really love me, that is one of the most dumbest statements on the face of the planet, right? How will someone know what you need and what you desire if you don't tell them? Mm. Newsflash, we're not mind readers, right? But we think that people should be. And mm. it's, really, it's really not a reality for us in our relationship. And this is, a, this is another... Um, this is another another way that we're sharing with you to diffuse mm. conflict yes because now we're able to identify what the real source is mm -hmm. and and another reality is is that many of us we are not exercised in articulating what it is that we want yes right in other words we, we don't know how to say it mm -hmm. so here's here's what it sounds like mm -hmm. you need to be on time did you did you did you see that did, did y'all get that? You need to. Right. I told her she needs to be on. These are facts. She was late, <laughs> right. right? But instead of me understanding what's really going on in me, which is, honey, I want to know after being away from you mm -hmm. for an extended period of time, I want to know that you miss me. Yeah. I want to know that you love me. Mm -hmm. And when you are an hour or more late to pick me up, that doesn't convey that. Mm -hmm. I need you to be on time. Mm -hmm. I want you to be waiting for me, sweetheart. Can you please just, can you do that for me, right? But instead it comes out, you need to be on time. Anybody ever, now I want you to think of conflicts and conversations you've had mm -hmm. with your spouse or with people in your family where you feel like the other person is lashing out at you. Ever been there? Now I want you to just imagine that you had a set of headphones mm. that was a, a language translator. <laughs> Come on. And I want you to imagine what that person was actually trying to say to you, but they just don't know how to say it in a healthy way. We can do that. We can do that. So we're going to do an exercise. Okay. You guys ready? Okay. So this is what we're going to do. All what right. What we going to do? I'm going to come home. Right? Or no, you're going to walk in the door, okay? And we're going to have an interaction. And what I need you to do is I need you to, and I need you to do it too. Matter of fact, I want you to do it, right? Tell me what it is I'm trying to say to him. You ready? Okay. Come on home, babe. Come on home. Do, 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 do. Hey. Oh, hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How, how, how you doing? I'm good. Jobs, kids, Lord. Yep. So, um, 
You know, how was your day? Put these dishes. Oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm, let me be honest. I'm sick and tired, right? I'm just, look, I, I know that you're hungry and I know you may want, but I didn't cook no dinner. I just didn't have time to do that right now. I don't, I don't have time to listen to you be raiding and telling me about any of this stuff. Listen, I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? I got, matter of fact, I got a load of clothes in the washing machine and I got to go get them. You wait right there. Okay. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. And by the way, when you left, you're, you're just, you're just going to leave your socks all over the place? What am I, a maid? Huh? Well, you just see all the stuff I got to do over here? Well, I was. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh-huh. Sorry about So. And if one more church person caught. Oh. <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil, okay? All right. <laughs> so. What's going on? What's going on? Now, this is an exercise. This is what you call listening to the heart. I know you hear words, right? And they're very evident. But you got to learn how to dig through that. And tell me, what is, what is her heart saying? She's tired. You got another hand Mmm, Yes. Oh, oh. oh, listen. You know what? You know what now? Okay. Look. Mm-hmm. Look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look. They, we, there were no waivers for for stone throwing when you At came the in. Conference, here. Okay. So we can't promise your protection once you leave this. Once you leave the confines of this seminar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? What? What did I not? Now, I, I, didn't, I didn't demonstrate this, but here's one of the ways that I can respond. And you guys, you know, with the exception of my brother back there, you know. <laughs> it's all right, Brother Ray. We love <laughs> <laughs> But the, this is one of the ways that we can respond. Because, I mean, if we're honest, yeah. if someone comes at you with that type of heat, yeah. you're probably going to give some heat back. Okay. Right? But... When we're, when we're listening mm-hmm. and when we're hearing, as Tamara mentioned, when we're hearing one another's heart, yes. then what I would do is I would, I would just take her by the hand and say, honey, stop. And this is hard for my wife to do. <laughs> this is, it is. It, it's hard for her to stop. Yes. And I literally will have to take her hand and say, stop, mm-hmm. sit down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I will say, listen. What, what were you trying to make for dinner? And she'll say, oh, I was making, and I, no. We'll let the kids eat peanut butter and jelly tonight. I'm taking you out. I'm going to treat you. Because I understand, I understand that it's hard. And listen, and when we come back, when we come back, you don't have to worry about those clothes that are in the washing machine. I'm going to take care of those. Mm. In fact, I'm going to get the house cleaned up. I'm going to take care of the kids. I appreciate you and all that you do. And I just want you to rest, okay? So come on, just drop everything, let's go. And maybe you want to wipe your face off, you got some <laughs> stuff on there, but, but come on. And let's go out. Now, if I'm understanding her, yeah. if I'm understanding her, then that could be one thing that I do. Or I could just say, listen, mm-hmm. how can I help you? Yeah, yeah. How can I help you? What is it that I can do yeah. to ease you? Because what I'm hearing you say is that you're you're overworked overloaded Mm. and you're frustrated and you don't have any help Mm -hmm. well listen i'm here to help you what what was so what was so powerful about what just happened what you what you just 
what you just explained was uh, what we talked about, was you rightly interpreting yes. that this is not my wife, this is not my wife in, in, a, in the grandest, you know, uh, uh, scheme of things. This is not her attacking me. Yeah. This is her venting her frustration. Yeah. And now is my opportunity to be able to minister to her. Wait, wait, we had, one of the things that I think is very important, I don't know if we'll, because uh, I don't know how much, how much time we have left. I think we only got like maybe seven minutes left. Okay, man, I wish it was longer. But anyway, so um, one of the things that we talk with couples about often is emotional vocabulary, which believe it or not, 99.9% .9 of the population does not have. Okay, why? Because we were not taught as children how to express our feelings and how to sift through and say, okay, what am I feeling? What is this? You know what emotion is actually giving a stamp for men? Anger. That's the only emotion that men in our society are allowed to have. They're not allowed to cry. They're not allowed to say, man, you know what? Let me try to sift through this emotion and see what's going on. They're called weak if they do that, you know? And so when you have that perspective, so to answer your question, I think it's really important first to try to build an emotional vocabulary, you know? Um, what he did was this. One of the things I wanted to bring out too was, and, and it's really a blessing, especially if you're a person who's grown up in a hypocritical home, okay? I grew up in a hypocritical home as well is walking someone through their feelings because they may not always have the word, but you can walk them to it, you know? So he, you can come and say, man, you know what, sweetheart? What I think I hear you saying is I'm tired. What I think I hear you saying is I need a break or I need help or I feel abandoned. I'm left at home by myself and I feel like no one is here with me. There can be a myriad of emotions, right? So that's one exercise that you can do. Another, another thing is, and that's why we put up Genesis 42, six through nine. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, this is extremely important for us in terms of dealing with conflict and I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, but conflict um, provides opportunities mm. Yes. Yeah, everybody hear what I said? <laughs> Conflict provides opportunities. And what I mean is they provide opportunities for a change of perspective. Mm -hmm. They provide opportunities to bring glory to God. Yeah. So this is the story of Joseph. Everybody, um, I think most of us are familiar with Joseph's story. And this is um, speaking of the, the time when Joseph's brothers came and when they, when he sees them. Um, uh, bowing down before him. And the Bible says at the end in verse nine, and Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them. And the reason why this is a powerful passage in this uh, particular portion of what we're sharing is Joseph's perspective on everything that had taken place in his life mm -hmm. was changed at this moment. Yeah. And this is profound because when we change our perspective on conflict, yeah. by the grace of God, God can give us a new perspective on the things that have transpired in our relationships, yeah. right? It may be something that you or I have not understood for years, yes. but this is the thing. In fact, this was a 20-year period in Joseph's life. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about this. God gave him insight. Actually, he had already given him insight before, but he brings it back to his mind mm -hmm. just like that. And Joseph is now able to rightly understand 
everything that has happened in his life or interpret, that's a word we've used, everything that has happened in his life. So changing our perspective on conflict and when conflict comes, giving, uh, like my brother said, it 20 seconds, mm-hmm. 30 seconds, one minute, five minutes. My wife and I, when we do pre-marriage coaching, what we, what we tell people is these things need to be communicated. Yeah. So my wife is a in your face. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> That's not how I am. I yeah. need to I need to be able to process things. Marinating. I need to be able to think. Flip it and, and try so, it. And so I've communicated to her yeah. that, listen, you know, when there's a tense moment, yeah. I'm probably going to need some time. And, and part of the reason I need that is because my, you know, my, my, my automatic switch is to look at what she's done wrong. Yeah. I need reflection time so that I can see what have I brought to the table? How have I instigated or poured, you know, uh, gasoline, gasoline on the on the fire, so to speak. Yeah. And so it's going to be it's going to it's going to take me a minute, maybe, uh, you know, more to be able to process. And then we can continue or engage. And what this does is this lets her know I'm not ignoring her. I'm not abandoning her. Mm. I want to be able to process so that I can rightly come into this conversation, not with boxing gloves, but with listening ears and and open eyes. And and so another one of these exercises, which you just mentioned to answer your question, that was very pertinent for us. Um, I needed him to do that. Instead of just walking away, I needed him to look me in my face um, and say, Tamara, I'm not leaving. I just need to take a break. But when I'm done, we'll come back and we will talk. And, right. And hold on, babe. Let me share this, too, because we had talked about the homes we come from. Yeah. Because of my home and the arguments that I heard, I promise that I would never do that. Yeah. Anybody ever been there? You promise I'm never going to do something right because you saw it and how it played out. And you're like, Mm-mm, not going to do that. So I would rather I would rather walk out of the door and walk around the block Mm -hmm. than have a verbal altercation with my wife. I am not going to I'm not going to do that or I'll start laughing or something crazy. Which really annoys me, but we'll get back to that. um, (laughs) But I want to I want to as we're closing, I wanted to share a couple of things. Self is our greatest enemy and day by day, each must strive for the victory. We are firm believers that we are not enemies. Yeah. We are teammates. Yeah. Soulmates. <laughs> we are friends. This is my best friend. Yes. And so my biggest enemy is not her or anything she does, yeah. but my biggest enemy is myself and my interpretation mm-hmm. of the things that she and the other people in my life do. Each one will have a close struggle to overcome sin in his own heart. This is at times a very painful and discouraging work because as we see the deformities mm. in our character, man, I could, we can go miles on it. We keep looking at them Yeah. when we should. Can everybody read that? No, y'all can't see it. When we should look to Jesus yeah. and put on the robe of his righteousness, everyone who enters the pearly gates of the city of God will enter there as a conqueror mm. and his greatest conquest will have been over self. self, right? So I know there's a lot of things that I'm not and I've got, you know, rejection issues and all that other stuff. I'm aware of them, but instead of fixating on them, mm. I look to Jesus. Why? Amen. Because Jesus is my acceptance. Amen. Jesus is the one who says, I will never leave you or forsake, or forsake you. you. 
Jesus is the one who says, when your mother forsakes you, I won't. Yeah. You know, I'll be there for you. Yeah. And so um, these are these are some profound things. Wish we could I know. share uh, more uh, with you. But um, I think some of the principles that we've shared, hopefully you walk away. If you walk away with nothing else, you walk away understanding that the real struggle yeah. is here. Yeah. And listen, thank you for sharing my sister in the back, you know, about the locked in keys. Yeah. And look, I praise God for those experiences when in our relationship, Woo. I respond in a way that shocks her or she responds in a way that shocks me. But what I train for <laughs> and what I prepare for <laughs> are the times Woo. when she doesn't. Yeah. And I'm the one who's going to choose mm. not to get on or get into the dance. Yeah. I'm the one who's going to de-escalate. I'm the one who's going to take her by the hand, yeah. listen to her heart and say, is this what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Is this what you're saying? Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. How can I help you? Yeah. Right? And that's vice versa. So that is the key, right? Some of the keys, I should say, to healthier communication, how to deal with conflict. And listen... Something that I really believe that we have to get used to as Christians is that conflict is a part of life. Please understand this. If you haven't gotten it this past year or the past five years, it is a part of life. And we have to prepare for it. It's when we're not prepared for it that we're caught unawares and we find ourselves being drugged along on this path of destruction. And it destroys our marriages. It destroys our relationships with our children, with our church, with our community, with our friends, right? But by the grace of Almighty God, you can have good conflict. And what good conflict is, surrendering ourselves to God and letting him win. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's bow our heads together for a word of prayer as mm-hmm. we let you go here. Mm-hmm. Loving Father and our God, um, Lord, we've just shared some, um, some bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you for the testimonies that we've heard as we've been here. Um, and what you're, uh, as to what you're doing in the lives of our brothers and sisters, Lord, the victories, as well as the challenges, Lord. These things, we know they are real. Yes. But so too is your grace. Mm-hmm. So too is your ability to help us to see with new eyes, to help us to listen and hear with new ears. Mm-hmm. Father, we pray and ask that you would help us to be able to hear one another's hearts. Mm-hmm. And who better, who would be a better teacher than you? You're the one who knows us intimately and you know our thoughts Mm. and our feelings, Lord. And we may not be able to understand one another to the extent that you do, but certainly you can help us to understand in a way that turns conflict into opportunities Mm -hmm. to glorify you and for us to grow not only closer to you, but closer to one another as well. Bless our brothers and sisters who we've been able to spend this precious time with. May it be a blessing to all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 2021 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.